What is up, guys? This is Quinn with Humble Daily, and we are so excited to welcome you to Known. In our premiere episode, we sit down with Cole Sager. Cole is a five-time CrossFit Games athlete, a former college football player, a husband to his beautiful wife, Genesee, and all around, he's just a legend. We spend time talking a little bit about everything, from coffee to fickle feelings to the battles that our current circumstances are bringing about in our lives. Now, we do ask for your grace with us as we navigate this podcast realm, as it's new to all of us. And in this episode, Wyoming winners prevented us from receiving our additional mic, so we had to make do with what we had. So we thank you in advance for your grace. Before we get in this episode, guys, a quick thank you to our sponsor, Cody Coffee Company. They're a small batch roaster nestled away in the mountains of beautiful Cody, Wyoming, that only roasts single origin, fair trade, and organic beans. Now, if you haven't tried Cody Coffee, you're drinking the wrong coffee. They're a small batch, high altitude roaster that's a sponsor of Kohl's and a dear friend to all of us at Humble Daily. And you can get 25% off by using the code SAGER. And you can get on their website at www.codycoffee.com. Now, enough of the formalities. We are so excited to start this journey with you guys. So let's get rolling. What's up, guys? I'm here with Cole Sager, uh, my brother, Caleb Rivera. Uh, it's late at night. We're sitting around the table. Caleb and Cole are sipping some coffee. Uh, some Cody coffee. Some Cody coffee, actually. Oh, it's the only coffee they drink these Best days. Best coffee in the biz. <laughs> um, I'm too much of a caffeine wussy, so... He can't handle it. It's uh, it's later in the evening, so... Yeah, you know, some of us just can't hang with the big dogs, so... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess there is some controversy of where I, whether I should be drinking this or not this late at night, but... <laughs> yeah, didn't you... That was one of your genes, right? That you found something in that gene testing? Oh, yeah, that, that vital DNA test we did. Um, it, it was like I metabolize caffeine well or something, so... I don't know. I don't really have just the, the, I don't have the effect of caffeine kind of waking me up or keeping me awake. And I don't know, it's great because <laughs> it's coffee soothing at night. I don't know. Something, you know, and it could just be the sipping something warm at night that just kind of is calming and relaxing. Mm-hmm. Is it, I mean, is that what you feel like? The ritual. It's more about the ritual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like having a hot drink when I'm, when my feet are cold and it's cold outside. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's yeah. winter. It's 20 degrees outside. <laughs> It's this or hot chocolate, so hey, I think we're fine. That's good. That's what I say. I like the principal coffee. Not yeah. The, yeah. Sit around a table, chat, drink something hot, but I'm not forfeiting my sleep for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's actually one of the things that just as a competitor, when you want to optimize performance, it's something that I've actually looked into a little bit. And Ben's, uh, Ben Bergeron is actually, who's, who's my coach, for those who don't know, um, who's looked into like caffeine and like the effects of it, even if it doesn't keep you awake. There is still the potential that it is actually disrupting your sleep, mm-hmm. REM cycles, whatever. Um, so I do try to be smart about it, um, but I don't know. The setting was right. <laughs> the setting for some coffee with some good dudes was how many How many cups a day are you at? All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's get real. <laughs> this, this podcast is about getting vulnerable, so. All right. Do I give what I should answer, or <laughs> do I be honest? I don't know. I was just starting off. No, um, I'll, 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 be, I'll be honest. Um, I, I capped myself at four a day. Um, in the morning before one o'clock, or before before noon, excuse me, before noon, um, I capped myself at three. So no more than three in the morning. I try to keep that at two. 
Uh, Genesee doesn't typically finish hers, so that's usually where the third comes in. <laughs> I'll just finish. She takes like four or five sips, and it's just like wired. <laughs> Stops drinking it, so I'll take it. And whatever. Finish it off. Yeah. Be the good husband you are, huh? Yeah, exactly. I'm just, just looking after <laughs> just her. Just serving my wife. <laughs> what about you, Caitlin? Oh, right now I'm probably three, three a day. Dang. In the mornings, I like... I, I usually start off with two right away, and then I'll save one for, like, around, like, lunchtime, 11 o'clock. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And then I'm usually good for the afternoon. Yeah. But Ideally, I would like to be a three-a-day, and it's just sometimes that one in the evening, it's just calling my name. <laughs> and like, we all have our vices. I tried to be a tea guy. Like, I tried to convert to tea right? at, at night, and... Just didn't work out. I just ended up liking the ones that have caffeine in it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know what? I'm going back to coffee. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, man. Yeah, no. And I, I love, I, honestly, I love the coffee that I have. Um, you know, I get coated coffee sent to me. So um, I love it. It's it's good taste and uh, it's soothing. Heck yeah. But yeah, Jesse is the man. He's um, such a good dude. Yeah. So if you've never tried Cody Coffee, this isn't just us plugging a sponsor. This is us plugging something we actually love. Yeah, uh, I'm kidding. You got to check it out. But, yeah, on that note, I'm a, I'm like my maybe one cup a day guy. Not even every day. Really? Yeah. You know, either, are you the guy that leaves it, like, cup half full kind of thing? No, I don't do that. If I make the cup, I'll drink it. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I just don't have to have it. Yeah. But I'm getting more and more into the, the ritual, like yeah. you guys were talking about. Yeah. But I'm like, like, Caleb's been drinking coffee forever. I started drinking coffee maybe at the end of college. Oh, really? Like I never really got into it. Yeah. But. I'm, a few, I'm a few years into it. It hasn't been long. But it was like, I'm an, I'm an all-in type person. So it was like, <laughs> if I'm going to do this, one, the ca- I don't get like the benefit of like, be, like becoming more focused and awake from the caffeine. So I'm truly just at that point just doing it for the taste and the flavor. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to do that, I'm going in and I'm like, <laughs> I'm okay being a coffee snob because I'm going to, like, that's that's the only reason why I'm drinking it is for the taste. <laughs> exactly. So that's, yeah. No joke. So it didn't take me long to, like, become hardcore. Like, okay, what are some better, what are the best ways to do it and the simplest ways and also the least expensive ways? It's mm-hmm. like, like, people can spend money on on coffee and just different espresso machines and whatnot. Yeah. I got an AeroPress. It's like, it's 30 bucks. It's like perfect. So yeah. Not only do you have an AeroPress, Cole, we were just chatting about your method. I don't want to get to your method because we got to talk about other things on the podcast, but we only have a limited amount of time. I have a process. I have a process for a lot of things in life. But we'll just say, we'll leave it at that. You said you use 18 grams of coffee. <laughs> But it's supposed to be twenty. What's the what's the what's the principle behind that? I those two grams add up over time, and of all the, I mean, you have what sixteen cups of coffee in a bag. That's almost two cups of coffee right there that you save. And I don't know. I just I guess I have the principle in life of like yes, I get coffee for free, but um, you know I think the way that both Genesee and I look at a lot of things that we get because yeah, we do get a lot of cool stuff. It's like, if I was putting my own money towards this, how would I operate? And that's how we treat everything that we get for free. Uh, Whether it be shoes from Nike or coffee from Cody Coffee or RX bars, it's like, we're going to consume this at the same rate and same level that we would do anything else that we would if we were putting our own time and energy and money and resources into it. So yeah, that's why I would, I would 
shave off two grams if it was my own coffee, so why not do it? Hey, I love it. Well, Cole, for the people who don't know much about you, um, can you give them a little brief history of who you are, how yeah. you got to where you are? Yeah, I mean, brief brief synopsis is small-town kid, um, born and raised in Burlington, Washington, and uh, my whole, my love all my life was football. Um, my whole intent growing up as a kid was to play in the NFL, um, play at the University of Washington, uh, and uh, uh, create a platform in order to reach and serve people, uh, encourage them from that platform. And uh, I played. I ended up playing football at the University of Washington. Uh, played four years there. Had a blast. Uh, wouldn't change that experience for for anything. That was amazing. Um, it's actually one of the. Uh, it's a little off topic, but uh, I had. I've had some people ask me the question of like, should I go play at a smaller school and play, get a lot of playing time? Or like, should I try to walk on at a big time school and like earn my keep? And Genesee and I were talking about it. And I was like, I would never, ever recommend to anyone to go to the small school and be an all-star. Go to the big school where you're not the all-star. Earn your keep because that challenge is like you learn so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that that's why I loved it is because that was kind of my that was kind of my road. Yeah. Was I, I was a preferred walk on. I had to earn my keep. I had to earn my scholarship if I didn't start on a team or like whether it be special teams or offense, defense, whatever. I didn't get my scholarship and I had to go earn it. And through that process of earning respect from the coaches, earning respect from all the other players who, were, who did come in as the all-stars and the all-star recruits, earning their respect, earning the scholarship and the playing time and just going through all of that like, taught me so much about myself and how important the challenge and the struggle is. Hmm. And I don't know, I think that too many people run away from the challenge. And so I think that I will definitely push kids you know, in the future to challenge themselves step out and then not to mention like you're treated like a king <laughs> like <laughs> like being at a division one school is incredible like yeah. they anyways a little off topic it was but but at the same time like the, my my college career was amazing and so after playing at UW still had the intent all through college to play in the NFL and uh, I had a buddy of mine who was in the army at the time like kind of like come to me like hey dude like I think you should give up like this dream of playing in the NFL and at first I'm like whoa like you can't just come <laughs> at me like that like this is my life's goal for however long and um no he was like no look like you're gonna give up this dream of playing in the NFL and you're gonna do CrossFit you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go to the CrossFit games I, was like, <laughs> I just laughed at him I was like dude CrossFit is for sissies, they do push-ups and pull-ups with bands. Like, no way. Not doing CrossFit ever. And um, through some, like, series of, like, videos of some of the, you know, Rich Fronin and Dan Bailey um, talking about their faith and just some guys, like, in this space talking about, like, like things that they believe and um, encouraging people with their platform. I was like, mm, that's really, really cool. And that's actually what hooked me on the CrossFit community. I was like, why is there a community out there that I'm not a part of that is just full of a bunch of people who want to grow and become better? And like, that's the kind of community that I want to be a part of. And that's what drew me into CrossFit in the first place. Um, 
And after watching some CrossFit Games footage, you know, that, you know, accompanied with the other videos, like, this is epic. I'm doing that. This is really cool. So um, I had made the decision to compete in CrossFit and go to the CrossFit Games before I'd ever actually done a CrossFit workout. And um, the whole reason being is because I wanted to be in a place in a space that allowed me to build a platform to glorify God to encourage people from and to just love on people. And I feel like um, I've been very generously blessed with that opportunity in the CrossFit space. So it's a little bit of backstory. Very Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite things about the way you represent yourself and really the way you speak about uh, who you are and what you want to represent is the underlying theme. Everyone's motivated by something. Some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by relationship. Some people motivated by fame. Um, you're motivated by people. Mm-hmm. So your 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 pursuit of a platform. You're not pursuing. You didn't pursue CrossFit to man. I could get really fit doing it this way. You didn't yep. pursue CrossFit to I could make a bunch of bunch of money, get sponsored by Nike. Yep. You pursued CrossFit because your why is I want to develop a platform so I can reach people and yep. influence their lives mm-hmm. at at a very intimate level. Yep. Where's that? What was? What's the root of just your love and your just undying heart for people? Well, I think that more people can actually relate to me than maybe um, they give themselves credit for, because uh, I think that even you guys would be able to at least pinpoint some time in your life an experience where somebody said something that inspired you or encouraged you in a dark place, like, um, like I. We, we all get there, like no matter like whether I'm a games athlete or you guys are med school students or, you know, you're a soccer mom out there just doing your thing and trying to raise good kids. Like we all go through a dark time and I, I truly believe and I think a lot of the things that I live my life off of is based off of my faith and where that stems from. But I believe that God speaks through people, um, whether they're believers or not. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm not going to limit God to how he can speak to me and operate, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. his wisdom will just flow through this earth in mighty ways. And so, I don't know, I I want to be that for people, what I've experienced in my life when I was in a dark place or I was in a turning point in my life where somebody needed to speak some wisdom to me because it was very easy that I could turn down a bad path or a good path mm-hmm. and... I had somebody kind of there to be like, hey, man, like, that's the route you're supposed to go, you know? And um, I think that's very much where that stems from is I just want to make sure that I am just that that vessel that God could use to speak life into people, uh, fully recognizing that I'm just a broken vessel. I can get that. Mm-hmm. I think we all are, but, like, let's still be a vessel that he can use. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. Um, what... What's the best way that you found to really connect with people? I think people, I think a lot of people have hearts for people, but they don't understand how to connect with them. <laughs> and so they have this, this desire to like, man, I would, I don't think there's very many people out there that are just genuinely like, man, I don't want to help anyone. You know, like people yeah. do want to help people and yeah. at the core of who they are, that's what they want to do. But the how is where they get tripped up. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some steps you've taken in your life? <sighs> man, you know, actually you one of the, you know, as you're talking about this, one of the things that I've been struggling with a lot lately is this concept that society has adopted of like like work on yourself like hmm. focus on yourself like build yourself and then you can serve people yeah and it's um 
yeah, like I have a lot of people like make a comment as far as like, like even the airlines have it figured out. Like put your mas- mask on first before, you know, you put anybody else's on or you help anybody else. Hmm. And it's like, and, and if I was in that situation and somebody was having a hard time putting their mask on, I would not hesitate to reach over and help them <laughs> or to jump over a few seats because they're, you know, about to die, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that people oftentimes get confused with like, I need to better myself so I can help other people. When if you give more of yourself, other people are going to see that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want to help you if you end up needing help. Mm-hmm. So if I go help somebody put their mask on and I come back to my seat, and I'm having a hard time putting my mask on. People are going to be inspired to help me put my mask on. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, it's, so I, I, I struggle with this concept of like, like work on yourself first because I think innately... Like, we're creatures who are kind of selfish already. Like, in our natural desires, if I was to come up to you and start choking you out, you're going to try to save yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you're going to get to, like, at some point, you might have, like, a calm about you. But at a point, like, when you start to actually, like, pass out, like, you're going to start scratching and reaching and do whatever you need to do to get me off of you. Because preservation of life, mm-hmm. like you're going to reach, you know, like, and so anyways, it's, it's, it's just something that I, that I don't, I don't like that is kind of preached in society because I yeah. think that yeah. we should be looking out for other people. <clears throat> and that's a lot of where like, I want to use my platform to speak into other people's lives and to build them up and give more of myself because the more I've done that, the more I've seen other people will pour into me and encourage me and yeah. help me, you know. And No, I love that. I think that uh, what I've heard said is that it's really one of the most, being selfless is one of the most selfish things we can do as a Christian once we understand the Bible. Mm. Because we understand the bliss, the joy, the happiness we get from our own selflessness. Yeah. And it's almost selfish <laughs> to pursue selflessness because we know, like, it's unbridled joy coming our way. Yeah. It's every single time. Yeah you will find joy in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing to talk about because we we get so rooted and hooked in selfishness yeah. that it's like, man, I got to get mine. Yeah. Self-help, I got to be mine. I got to get it. Be on your grind, Western culture. Um, and really now it's this, what in my life, when I have stepped back, not to say that I am great, like perfect at this by any stretch of the imagination, totally. but when I have stepped back and truly was like, let's just consider someone else yeah. over myself. Yeah the joy that that's brought me is just so much greater yeah. than so many other areas of my life. And right. so it's like, man, I just want to keep pursuing that. Yeah. Know? Like how, I mean, I don't know. Have you guys seen in your own life, like where you start to focus on yourself more? I don't know. Like for me, a lot of times if I start to do that and I've done it for too long or too much, I actually start to kind of go through like a dark season of life and I kind of get a little lonely and I feel separated from community and I don't know, do you, I mean, Caleb, do you ever deal with that? I mean, being in med school, yeah, it's a grind and I mean, you're putting a lot of focus on yourself. I mean, I, I definitely struggle, especially in like this, the last season of my life, kind of just being, being an, a med student, you kind of, a lot of pressure is on to perform. Yeah. And if I'm not focused on how I'm doing or, um, it's really easy to get wrapped up in 
the grade um, <laughs> of the clerkship that you're on, the test, mm-hmm. whatever, and I have to perform to do well. Mm-hmm. But I found that um, at the end of the day, I'm less stressed, I perform better, I interact better with the people around me if I just go to the clinic every day with the goal of I'm here to serve people. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I mean, I may have an off day, I may have my best day, but as long as my heart is there to serve the people around me and to shine the light, the, the prayer I pray every morning before I go in is, Lord, help me to shine your light to all, every yeah. person that I interact with yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and if that remains the goal, then I see a lot more light in my life. If I just focus on how am I performing, how am I doing, how can I be better, then I just focus on all my insecurities, all the things yeah. I suck at. And it's yeah. the things that I'm good at just get buried by all the all the stuff that I'm struggling with. Which is with. interesting because I've kind of almost seen people who put a lot of emphasis on building themselves and developing themselves and the self-help you know, nature of society. They almost get to a point where people are like, okay, like you're going to do your thing. That's fine. And they almost end up in a rut where they just have to continue to try to build themselves out of it. And they just kind of keep like building on top of it and building on top of it. But the moment like they step out of it and start serving people and looking to give more to others, other people see that it's like Mm -hmm. you've like, it's easy to forget that we're in a world that people can see what's going on. They can see your actions and the steps that you take and the way that you operate and communicate with individuals. And not only does that inspire them to do good, mm-hmm. but they're also going to be like, wow, that's really cool that you did that. And they're going to be maybe a little bit more encouraged to help you in a time of need and to build you up or look out for you like, oh, I, I, you know, I wonder if they're getting enough xyz you know and i don't know i just feel like if we can start operating that i think that's kind of what i don't know yeah we're we're, you know we're human beings created to communicate and be together you know so what um so what do you guys think about this is something that i've been journaling a lot about lately is there there's things that are direct result of the fall when selfishness would Mm -hmm. probably be an example of that Mm -hmm. there's also things that god has wired in us um how do i want to word this Selfishness we do because of the fall, right? It's something we're trying to pursue ourselves. We want our own happiness. We want all these things for ourselves. Um, a pursuit of our happiness, I don't think, is wrong. It's how uh, the foothold has been twisted to pursue yourself and happiness will be a product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's also things, let's say, I think sex is the best example, right? Like we pursue it because we're wired in it. God made it. It feels good. Mm-hmm. And it's all these things. Now it's been deviated and twisted yeah. to be a pleasure outside of where it was meant to be. Let's say also something, let's say gratitude. Um, whenever we pursue gratitude, that's something God wired us to do, wired us to be, so that when we're doing it, it's creating this feedback loop of like, man, I should do more of that, and mm-hmm. I should do more of this. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys think that balance is between, or how do you guys um, kind of navigate um, those things in your life where some things feel so primal to like, I'm just going to be selfish, I'm just going to focus on myself, mm-hmm. or so primal of like, um, maybe I should step forward in gratitude because some, there's some of these things that are like, man, that's a really good thing. And some of these things are like, man, that's a really bad thing. And I feel equally pull, pulled towards both of them. Yeah. 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 Um, that's really interesting because it's, it's so easy for me to talk this talk and then I hide myself in the garage and work out a lot by myself because I'm pursuing a certain goal that I want to accomplish. You know, so it's, I mean, it's very interesting that you, you know, you bring up that concept, but, um, you know, I think going through and, and, 
and operating through that, um, having tr- truly knowing why you're doing it really helped has helped me through that, mm-hmm. and knowing that like I am focusing on this because of the long term effect it can have, and not getting too caught up in a single moment. And I think that's really easy for a lot of people to do is get caught up in, you know, I think a lot of selfishness comes from what somebody wants right now, more of an instant gratification type thing. When, like if, if, if it was about instant gratification, the workout you guys saw me do earlier today, I would have done. <laughs> or, you know, or I would have started and gotten halfway through and stopped when it got really painful. Mm-hmm. But I know that in the long term, making certain sacrifices is going to pay off to, I mean, you talk about the pursuit of happiness, like that's going to lead to more fulfillment mm-hmm. than giving into a feeling and how I feel right now. Yeah, let's, let's run with that. I think that's something that people need to hear. Um, I think so much of, I mean, Caleb, we're just talking about this today on our drive over. Mm-hmm. So much is get yours now, you know, like <laughs> yeah. get yours now while the getting's good, yeah. which if you remove the Bible from the picture and if God doesn't exist, then that's the truth. But yeah. that's not what we believe. <laughs> no, and so I think that um, so much, you know, and I don't even think that we're designed that way. If you yeah. think, if you think about um, Simon Sinek does a really good job in leaders. He last, if you haven't read that book, it's a great book. Um, you're talking about um, different chemicals that, you know, we experience as human beings, different hormones, um, you know, one being um, endorphins. Uh, another one I think he talks about is uh, dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin. And he talks about them from the aspect of us being human beings created to be social. We're social beings. And, you know, get it while the, you know, the getting is, is good is kind of like this dopamine driven, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about it being a dopamine driven action. And, um, but in reality, we actually get an even more fulfilling feeling from oxytocin and serotonin than we do from a dopamine hit, which is just getting what you can at the moment when you can get it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So it's interesting that you brought that up. It's, I mean, it's a book that I just, I just finished. Yeah. Um, and it just, I think it's a good picture when, when he brought that up, I was like, wow, like that's, like biologically we have that working for us. And I think it's just been twisted. Like you were saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think cause Caleb and I, so we're in med school, um, which basically means don't have much fun in your twenties. Um, you know, and so, but really, yeah, really. So like delayed, delayed gratification, hopefully, I mean, we, we, we believe it's going to pay off in the end. Um, you, your 10% is what people think is really cool. Maybe 10%, maybe 5%, maybe 2% is what people think is really cool of you getting sponsored stuff, yeah. you getting to travel around the world and do different things. Yeah. What people don't see is you about to dry heaving like we got to see yeah. today, right? About yeah. doing all those things, putting in the work. Me and Caleb looking at a workout saying, ugh, you know? like, <laughs> And it was your fourth workout of the day. Yeah. Um, so the things people don't get to see, in a lot of ways you're also living in a life of delayed gratification Mm -hmm. that people don't, people aren't associating that with you, but it's very true. I know I've called you before, I think last year, just like, Hey, like what's your thought process on this about delayed gratification, different things, because the air we're breathing is so, it's just, it's toxic to, to the people around us, to myself, who I consider very, very strong willed and very disciplined in what I'm doing. Um, but I buy into it, you know, like I buy into like, man, am I wasting my time? Am I yeah. wasting my life? Am I wasting yeah. all these things? 
is there really more yeah. than all these things? You you want to speak a little bit to that because you are in a way you talking with you. You've sacrificed so much in, in friends and time and family and travel to do what you're doing yeah. to influence people. Hopefully later in life. Yeah. Also with what you have now, but you have you have a grander scheme in mind. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that I mean for all three of us. I mean you know speak up if you disagree, but I think a lot of it is is just believing that God is going to do something with what our actions are now, you know, and just mm. trusting that, like, I don't know what this looks like in the long term, but I know that I I sure as heck am not going to limit you mm-hmm. because I don't believe right now, like, I'm going to trust you here because I know that you're going to do something big on the other side of it, you know, and um, so I think a lot of it, you know, it obviously is grounded and rooted in that, um, but just like you were saying, like, I like I struggle with it all the time, and I'm really glad you brought this up because I think a lot of times CrossFit Games athletes or professional athletes let's just let's just loop us all into like just just athletes who are competing at a really high level and on big platforms or whatever it is get looked at like we don't go through strife and struggle and we don't have our trials and tribulations. But like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Everyone's posting their PRs. Nobody's posting their yeah their failed reps or them throwing up after a workout. Yeah. Instagram's a highlight reel. Yeah. YouTube is a highlight reel. It's you see the best of what people want to put out, but you don't. You know, it's like it's it's hard to share, and and also because society has created a place where. Like, they kind of get turned off if you share too much. Mm. It's like, oh, we want you to be transparent, but, oh, that's too transparent. You know? And, like, if you want to see, if you want to relate to to these athletes or people on social media, like, you'd have to be, you'd have to actually see the struggle that they go through. But that's not sexy. Mm -hmm. And nobody really wants to see that on Instagram. Because, like, you get on Instagram and you kind of want to escape for a moment, Right? And games athletes struggle with all the same things that every every other human being struggles with: doubt, fear, um, not wa- complacency, not wanting to do something, just pure laziness. Like everyone kind of goes through that or has their season, you know. And um, you know, it's 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 one. Of, it's actually even one of like my struggles with like just like the general premise of overall arching premise of philosophy of like, you know, just control what you can control and, um, you know, do what you can and all this stuff and, you know, have an even keel mindset and be steadfast. And that's great until you put a human being into the equation, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, so I, going through just like delayed, you know, having that concept of delayed gratification and sacrificing things for the long term, um, really is rooted and grounded in just trusting that if I can stay where I'm at right now, I know that God can use it. Um, but if I don't, then I, it's like I've cut his hand off from mm-hmm. that, you know, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want that. So, yeah. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, Let me, uh, real short question. How often would you work out if you only worked out when you felt like it? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to answer that? <laughs> um, you know, I'd probably work out four times a week, um, maybe maybe a fifth if I was just bored or something. And I would do like one, maybe two sessions. I would do one session a day, maybe two, one time a week. Mm-hmm. And maybe stuff you liked probably. 
oh my god, are you kidding me? I would program everything I'm good at. Like, <laughs> if I was controlling my own programming, like, I would walk out of the gym and be like, I'm going to win the CrossFit Games tomorrow because <laughs> yeah. I feel really good about myself right now. But instead, I walk out of the gym every single day and I struggle with the question of, am I actually fit? Can I win the games? Mm-hmm. I don't know because just the way that I just got just demolished by that workout sure makes me feel like maybe not. And it's because what's, you know, like our sport is built around being good at everything. And so if you're bad at something, you practice it a lot. And so you're constantly practicing and doing the things that you're bad at, constantly pursuing the challenge, going back to that concept that I was talking about with sports and, you know, going to, going to a bigger school and challenging yourself is I chase that every day. And, you know, me and my team, obviously Ben coaches and he programs for me, but, you know, we've have a very good understanding of each other and what, what both of us want. So the way that he programs is he programs a lot of weaknesses. He programs a lot of things that I'm bad at so we can get good at it. But I mean, that just creates for a lot of days where you walk out of the gym and you're like, oh man, <laughs> like I'm not very fit. <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you guys, do you guys <clears throat> struggle with that with like different topics and subjects in med school? Like different tests that you know, you've had, it's like you walk out of that test, you're like, well, Maybe this isn't for me. I mean, yeah, there's definitely days where I question my whole career choice and existence for that fact. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But just to piggyback off that, like that, what you just described is like what Humble Daily is to me, you know? Yeah. Like you you put yourself in those situations to fail. Because that's the only real real way that you're going to grow, that you're going to mature. I love that, like, when you say I would never advise someone to go to a small school because an uphill battle for four years is going to turn you into a man that's going to last for 40-plus years, yeah. Yeah. you know? And that all those characteristics and traits that you gain in that little short time are going to correlate right to being a dad, to being a friend, mm. um, to being a, a mentor to someone else, yeah. you know? yeah. Um, and I think it just can't be stressed enough that we may have mentioned it already on here, but just living in this comfort zone, yeah. um, doing stuff that you're good at, doing stuff that you like. Yeah, it's it's all fine and dandy now, but is it really like helping you for the future? Is it really helping you become a better person, impact more people? Yeah. yeah. Um, that didn't really answer your question at all. No, it did. And, and I think one of the things that, um, you know, it leads me into thinking about is, uh, what we go through now, the challenge that we're willing to put ourselves through now, like you talked about, it creates you to be somebody bigger and better later on. Hmm. And that's something that I'm obsessed with right now is what does this do for me in the long term? Yeah. Hmm. How does this benefit me in the long term? And I look at things more at an, like I look at life more as like an exponential graph rather than a linear graph. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like everything like we just started a youtube channel and like my whole outlook on it is like we'll just be consistent as consistent as we can be and not look at the analytics and you know really care too much about or obsess over like yeah we'll Mm -hmm. like measure it and we'll watch it and whatnot but but not obsess over it and let it be a slow steady growth that builds on itself i think that like if you look at things over the long term that way and you're just consistent with it that's when you get those huge payoffs. And I think going back to what I was kind of talking about a little bit earlier was like what God can do with it later on is so much more than we realize 
and the way that he operates in space and time is different than we can comprehend and understand. Mm-hmm. So what we go through now and what the struggle that we go through now, like you were saying, you never know what that, that rooted inside of you to be able to change and affect somebody else's life. Like maybe you completely and utterly change the trajectory of somebody else's life because of what you challenge yourself with today. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't know that. You don't know how God can operate in time and space later on. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I think that's, that's why we should challenge ourselves because in the same, it's exactly what you're saying, you know? So yeah. um, I think, too, I was, uh, I was recently listening to, a, listening to a sermon, and I don't know if this is agriculturally correct, but uh, one of the things that they said was uh, the soil matters just as much as the seed. Mm-hmm. And so I think so many of us are, we're trying to plant trees instead of just fertilizing our own soil and letting yeah. God plant the seed. Yeah. And then in time, the tree will grow and it'll be stronger than any tree we've yeah. planted. Yeah. I actually um, had a, had a, uh, <coughs> a, a football player or a teammate that I played with at UW <laughs> who uh, wanted to be a farmer. <laughs> that was his career choice. I was like, Fred, you're the man. His name is Fred, by the way. <laughs> like, I, mean, I was like, Fred, you're the man. Like, and he actually uh, asked me where I was from. I was like, I'm from uh, Burlington, Washington, up there in Skagit Valley. He was like, Oh my gosh, you're from Skagit Valley. Like we, we were in, you know, in Seattle at the time, and he, I think he was actually from California. And I was like, what do you know about Skagit Valley? <laughs> I have 5,000 people in my hometown when I was growing up. Like, how would you? He's like, you guys have the best soil up there. Like, I would love to have a farm up there because the soil is so rich. Hmm. And I was just like, <laughs> you're preaching. You don't even know it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. No, exactly. And I think there's so many people that this, I mean, this is me preaching myself. Um, that it's like, I just want to be the oak, you know, like I want to yeah. grow like the weed, but I want to be as strong as the oak. And so it's like, yeah. you can't have both oh. ways, you know? And so in my life, I'm like, man, how can I fertilize the soil so that when God does decide to plant, it's an exponential growth, mm-hmm. not yeah. linear. Um, but I don't know. And I think, I think one of the things combating that is the fact that we live in this, this almost post-truth era of that people truly believe that truth doesn't exist outside of themselves, right? Yeah. So, like, truth, yeah. truth is what I deem truth is. Yeah. There is no truth outside of what I believe. Totally. Um, but if everybody's doing that, what is true? Exactly. Yeah. So so does truth even exist, right? Yeah. And so there has to be some sort of code or law that, that people are living by that is truth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. I think, what do you guys think about that? That's something I think that's really culturally prevalent right now, that people are... I can generate my own truth and I can create my own truth. And because I believe it, if I don't believe in gravity, I can jump off this building. Well, news to use gravity is still going to take over and mm-hmm. you're still going to fall yeah. off the building. Yeah. Um, and you can't take objective truths and make them subjective and then turn it into something else. Yeah. Um, how have you seen that? Both of you guys, how have you seen that kind of manifest in your lives? Um, and really how I think in your own life, how has it impacted you? Cause it's impacted me in a huge way where I start to believe like, man, really like what can I really just like will my way out of truth? You know? (laughs) Yeah. For me, a lot of that actually kind of stems back to what we were talking about earlier. When I, when I start to like start to think that I believe something, it's oftentimes rooted, you know, in, in, in it not be grounded in something solid. It it tends to be grounded in selfish, selfishness Mm -hmm. and, I see a lot of it kind of like turn back to serve myself, you know, self-help stuff, like work on myself. And all of a sudden that's when I realized like, what am I doing? Like, this is not what I actually believe. This is not what I see the world as. And I have a very 
I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, the three of us sitting here at this table believe, um, you believe in God and, you know, we have, you know, we have very similar, if not the same faith. And, um, for me, I, you know, I believe that the Bible is truth. Mm-hmm. And from that, um, I believe that the Bible makes it very clear that the two most important things on earth are the word of God and the souls of men. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a mantra that I told, I tell myself and I see all Oftentimes when my world is starting to kind of go a little cattywampus, uh, look that up in the <laughs> cattywampus, <laughs> um, I'm not really living from that. I'm not really living from the two most important things are the word of God and the souls of men and my actions aren't looking out for the other souls on this planet and, oh yeah, the world doesn't revolve around me. Hmm. You know, which is really easy to get caught up in, um, especially in something like wanting to pursue a big audacious dream or goal, because we're taught so much that in order to get that, like you, you have to grind, 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 grind. Like you have to do, do you whatever, right? And it creates kind of like this selfish, like like everything needs to revolve around my pursuit of this. When if you just stepped out of your own little bubble and you wouldn't help somebody pursue theirs, you never know who and what is going to help you get yours because you help somebody else. Mm. And I just, I don't know, I think that that is so much in just the way that we are made and created, um, the way that we operate as human beings, we're so social. And I think that, um, you know, I'm just always kind of reminded and just, just the way that like my world operates, it's like, oh yeah, like my life is not about me. It's yeah. about other people. It's about protecting the weakest among us, about serving people. It's about other souls. It's not just about mine. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that we look at too many other things in the world at, at such a high value. And, and, and then like, like, let's just be very clear. Like, we don't have, none of us here at this table have this figured out. No, no, no. Like, yeah, not even the, close. I think that's actually probably one of the <laughs> biggest problems is that we have a very good understanding of what we should be doing <laughs> and we still don't. Exactly. And I think that that's also part of human nature. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, I know that I'm supposed to be, and I know I believe this and I know we're operating this way, but like, by golly, why do I keep doing what I don't want to do? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's just like the pull of the flesh, right? And, yeah. Um, but I think that so many people and oftentimes me get too caught up in the value of uh, things like f- phones, social mm-hmm. media, computers, d- 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 I just items, houses, cars, whatever. And the most valuable thing is actually the person across from you. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we start living life that way and operating that way, it puts things into perspective yeah. a whole lot more. It's a reason why like when somebody is on their deathbed or struggling for their life, you'll quickly just drop everything else in your world to be with them. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just for one more moment. Mm-hmm. Like, well, why would you drop everything else, spend thousands of dollars to fly across the world to be with them if they weren't more valuable than everything else? Mm-hmm. And I just think everything points back to what we were created in the image of. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So... And, and for me, at least, the the more I get the taste of that, the more I feel like, okay, this is this is wired in me. You know, like this this isn't an accident that I enjoy community this much, that I enjoy conversation this much. Um, but yeah, I wanna I wanna kind of rewind a little bit. You said something about 
uh, like Western culture is obsessed with the grind right now. Mm-hmm. Like, right, the grind is probably one of the top hashtags in the game. <laughs> um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but I want like, <clears throat> shoot, there's middle schoolers out there talking about their grind. But <laughs> it's like, it's like you're in seventh grade. Yeah, like, do your homework. <laughs> Go color. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the problem is like, <clears throat> there is a grind, right? Mm-hmm. You grind every day in your garage. Yeah. Caleb grinds every single day at school. Mm-hmm. Works his butt off. Um, I work my butt off. But to me, the grind is in the pursuit and in the pasture and the faithful spot that God has called you into. Mm-hmm. Where I get in trouble is trying to grind out of the bubble God has created for mm-hmm. me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the grind is cultivating the soil because God's going to mm-hmm. plant the seed. I try to go find a guy that sells some trees and have him put it in the soil that I'm cultivating. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, without God's timing. Speed up the process. I want to yeah. speed up the process. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen that manifest in your life at all? And I think that, cause I think, I think that speaks to a lot of people cause people do want to work hard. Like I genuinely do believe people do want to work hard and that yeah. that is in their heart and that is how we're wired. And that, especially if you're a Christian, you're doing it to honor God, but it's, it's defeating to keep working towards something that's not happening. Yeah. But if you can see it as like you were saying, I, I'm working to be the best version of myself that I can be so that when God does call me up, I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that manifested in both of you guys' lives? I mean, I think that's just, that's faith mm-hmm. right there. I mean, um, for me, <clears throat> I wanted to bring up with you guys too, like we were t- chatting about this earlier about, do you think really God really cares like what you, like your occupation is or like what you end up doing, um, what college you go to or, you know, all that stuff? Or does he care more about your, your heart? Um, in in your current situation, your motivation, the heart behind what you're doing. Um, for me, I struggle with, all right, God, what like what specialty are you leading me to? Um, and then I question, does God even care if I become a family doc or if I become a mm-hmm. surgeon? Mm-hmm. Just as long as whatever I do, I am have a servant heart. I want to serve Him and I want to serve His people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm convinced now at this point in my life that that's the answer. Yeah. It's all about the heart. Um, it's all about your mindset and serving him and serving others. Um, and I think just in the seasons of the unknown where you're just kind of wanting to, all right, God, show me, show me something that, that tells me that you're still there. Yeah. Um, I think in those moments is just when you need this community around you, the people, to speak life into you. God's not necessarily going to be right there to chat with you, mm-hmm. yeah. um, sit on your shoulder and tell you what, all right, here's, here's your life for the next three years. So you need those people around you to, to surround you, people that can build you up when you're down. Someone he, um, can, speak, he can speak through. Yeah, exactly. He's going he's gonna to use those people around you um, to build you up. And I think, I mean, that's just faith. Like, um, like if you're a young Christian or a non-Christian or a seasoned Christian, it's always that's always a work in progress, mm-hmm. and it's never like a done deal. And it's something I still struggle with uh, every day. Is just the unknown is scary, yeah. no matter mm-hmm. what, yeah. no matter mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, but I think if we can learn how to just be patient in, um, I guess, just waiting in the unknown and just knowing that God, He's got our best interest in mind, no matter yeah. what where we're at or what we're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. So 
just yeah. trying to grasp onto that and hold onto that, which is a lot easier said than done. One of the uh, I actually read a um, <laughs> from the Bible app. There was like a like the daily verse and whatnot, and I started getting the the, the verse and the message translation because I've seen a lot of these yeah. verses that come out, and I've seen them all in the, you know the New Living Translation. I, I've mm-hmm. seen that you know translation before, and so I, I've been getting them in the message just because I want to see the concept behind it, the idea. And one of them that I saw, uh, one of the verses recently was um, from Matthew, the book of Matthew, talking about um, being, you, you don't take uh, a lamp and like, like cover it up. You put it on a light stand. Mm-hmm. You don't take, a, you know, a city on the hill and, you know, put a shade over it. Like it's there to stand out. It is there like God is like giving, like cultivating something in you. So he can place you on a nightstand. So he can place you in big places so you can be seen, so you can do something for him to be glorified, you know? And I don't know, I just, I kind of feel like, you know, some of the things that you said just kind of like, like led to like what we're going through now is like we've been given this light to be able to be put on a light stand and share his light, you know, and just having faith that that's what he's doing. That's what he's cultivating, you know, and I don't know. Yeah, no, and I think uh, I'm a big believer that God cares more about the how and the why than the what. Uh, mm-hmm. He cares about He cares about how you're operating and how you're carrying yourself and why you're doing what you're doing more than what you're doing, yeah. um, which is hard at times. And I think to, to kind of reflect back on something Caleb said that, that God does have our best interests in mind. I wish I, I, I deeply wish I could say I believed that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I deeply wish I, I would be completely lying if I said that there aren't times very recently that, yeah. that I don't think I, I, that I believe I can dream up my own life better than God could provide a life for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's, I think, I don't know that that's going anywhere. Yeah. You know, like I think that's a battle yeah. God's given us to shape us, to mold us, to put us in the forge. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I think a lot of the ways, I think we're so naive into think that, that we ask God for patience and we think he's going to zap patience down on us, <laughs> you know, like God's going to put really miserable people in your life to help you develop patience. Yeah. You know, like when you're praying for patience, he's going to give you a circumstance. He's going to give you the chance. Exactly. Here's a chance to be patient. Here's a chance to be patient. Here's a chance to learn. But when we're praying for things, myself included, I'm like, God, just zap that down. You know, like, yeah. tomorrow could I just be more patient? Yeah. Tomorrow could I have more eyes yeah. for people? Tomorrow could I love someone better? I pray for wisdom a lot. And then I go through something. I like, oh, that was stupid. Why did I do that? <laughs> God, I've been praying for wisdom. Yeah. And you let me do Oh. Oh. <laughs> got it. Exactly. That's, you just gave me wisdom. All right. Exactly. Shutting up now? <laughs> yeah. You know? No, exactly. And I think, I mean, it's frustrating, but it's so true that, like, one of my prayers really lately is, like, like, God, you've put the puzzle pieces in front of me. Like, just help me put them together. You know, like, aid me in the, the task at putting it together. Because yeah. I suck at listening. Like, yeah. I suck at listening to God. Um, I don't know how to listen yeah. to God, honestly. Yeah. Like, I've set time aside. I've tried meditation. I've tried all these different things. Um, the best thing I've found is if something feels against the grain from what I would normally think, I'm going with it, and I'm going to say it. It's probably God. I feel like I'm being nudged. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are some ways that you guys, if you even have, found that you can hear God best or that you can, uh, that have helped you listen to God? Actually, I think that ties back a little bit to what you're asking about, about the grind, about like working a grind that's outside of your calling, you know? And uh, I feel like when when I just 
accept this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Things become clear because I remove my own selfish ambitions mm. a little bit more from it. Like, yes, my own selfish ambitions are there. It's like, that's something that we all battle with every single day. But when we just accept like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I trust that you're going to take me from glory to glory. But right now, this is where I'm supposed to be, even though it kind of looks like a pig pen. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're going to pull me into something bigger or better. Or And when I say bigger and better, I don't necessarily mean like treasures and riches, right? Mm-hmm. I just mean like maybe bigger and better looks like deeper relationships with other human beings. Mm-hmm. Because maybe I'm not very good at cultivating those right now. You know, so I think a little bit of that kind of goes, you know, like I said, goes back to that grind. And one of the one of the stories I, I love in the Bible, and everybody knows it, David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows about David and Goliath, but very few people know about David the shepherd mm-hmm. and how he had to sit in fields with sheep, yeah. dirty, dumb creatures. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he had to work his field. And you had to operate in that. And, you know, we've talked about that a lot. Yeah. And you and I both, you know, and David and Goliath was just partway through his story. Yeah. It was a flash. And then he went to a different glory and mm-hmm. to a different struggle. And then, you know what I mean? And I think the beauty of David and the Goliath is looking back at David in the field and him accepting, I'm a shepherd right now. Yeah. That's what I am right now. I'm just a shepherd. And I'm going to shepherd these sheep the best I can. And that means that I have to be willing to fight off the bear and mm-hmm. the lion. And any thing that comes and threatens my herd, I have to be prepared in order to do that. He didn't defeat Goliath because he was good at hand-to-hand combat. It was because he was great with a, you know, a sling and a rock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That means that he spent hours and hours and hours and hours throwing stones, Mm -hmm. practicing, becoming a sniper with a sling. Is it that fun? Do you think (laughs) it's that fun to throw a sling at a tree or a rock over and over again with sheep? Mm -hmm. No. Like, it's lonely. You're not with other human beings. You're by yourself and you're grinding, right? Yeah. But he was where he was supposed to be. Yeah. And that allowed God to take him to where God wanted him to be. Mm Mm-hmm. And God wants that glory, right? Like, yeah, he wants, I'm running into like, if I grind myself out of this season, I can convince myself that that was me, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, because I'm, I'm that dumb. Like I am, (laughs) I will convince myself that that was me. Yeah. And I, I honestly believe like, I think God's like, no, that's my glory. You know, like I'm going to do it. Um, I think a lot of the big reasons why I've struggled so many, uh, like, like I, I set out to win the CrossFit Games. Let's be very clear about that. And I have not. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Talk about disappointment year after year after year after year. And I wonder, like, what if I had won the CrossFit Games two, three years ago? Mm-hmm. I probably would have just looked at me like, hey, guys, you see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Yeah? You yeah. see, I just won the CrossFit Games. I won the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things, like, what you're talking about is, like, kind of hit me this last year of like maybe it's more about what God is doing in you than what you are doing for yourself dude. Mm-hmm. and maybe that's what's limited you is you think you've been doing a lot and the answer is within you and yeah. I don't you, like it is <laughs> you mentioned uh, the good old original Rich Froning earlier 
in the podcast, and he's obviously well-known and outspoken about his faith. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the opportunity to kind of sit down and chat with him about his story and, like, because it sounds a lot, like, pretty similar to what you just said. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right, yeah. 2010 CrossFit Games, uh, him failing that rope climb mm-hmm. was kind of, like... Changed everything his, for him. His realization of, like, it's God doing this and me, not, mm-hmm. not me doing this. Um you know, we talked a little bit earlier in the podcast about, uh, you know, kind of like realizing that we're like, we're weaker than we think we are in the challenge when like when we're faced with challenge and that kind of brings like, I think that, you know, for me and kind of what Rich is kind of saying is like, we're finally made strong in God's strength, but he can only do that when we're weakened, when we, mm-hmm. when we expose and accept like, uh, I don't have all the tools no. inside of myself, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've I've got I've had a chance to be around Rich, and he's he's good, dude. He's, <laughs> you know, it's 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 he very much lives and portrays like I am here because I'm a blessed man, mm-hmm. and I did not create this myself. He, you know, and it's tough because like across Instagram and you know, social media platforms or whatnot, it's really easy to, for it to look like this guy just grinds and grinds and grinds and grinds. And that's why he is what he is. And he's created this, I don't know, just empire, yeah. of, you know, rich froniness. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's not that, you know, he, he has been diligent and he's been mm-hmm. disciplined in the field in which God put him. Yeah. And so God can do something with that. And, um, yeah, Proverbs, I think maybe 420 says, if you don't plow, don't expect to harvest. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, like it's, 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 it, there's the concept of like, I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to be like, he's going to do something big. And then you sit yeah. mm-hmm. and you do nothing. How can he work through you if you're not working? Mm-hmm. He can't. Exactly. You know, and I think that, you know, Rich is a really, really good example, really good example of him just putting his hands to work and God being able to do something with that because Rich did it selflessly with mm-hmm. the intent of, you know, you know, inspiring people or encouraging people or, you know, whatever he's done with his platform. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, and I think, too, like, uh, Caleb and I were driving over today and we were listening to a, a talk and one of the things the guy said was... Um, Something that's been big in his life was so the story in the Bible of Moses' staff getting turned into a snake. Mm-hmm. But what no one talks about is it gets turned back into a staff. Yeah. And so David's version of that, he tasted the palace and then got sent back to the pasture. Right. Mm-hmm. So he went and played the harp in the palace and then said, get, get out of here, shepherd boy, go back to the pasture. Right. Yeah. Um, he would soon find his way back to the palace. Mm-hmm. But I think so many people couldn't handle tasting the palace and then going back and humbly serving in the pasture again. Yeah. How have yeah. you seen that um, kind of really play out in your life? Because I know there's some ways of like, <laughs> you've gotten to taste some pretty sweet things and then you had to go home and then work out in your garage five more times that day. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be one day when I don't have sponsors anymore <laughs> and I'm just a dude that was good at exercising. You know, I think that's actually one of the things that I, I, I keep, I keep a good perspective. I feel like I keep a good perspective of like, Hey guys, like, look, 
I'm just a fast exerciser. <laughs> like, I just work out faster than other people. Like, let's just put this into perspective really quick. Um, you know, but yeah, you know, we like talk, you know, I was talking a little bit about, um, you know, I mentioned, you know, being treated like a king, even at UW, like we would, we would go to hotels and, you know, before, you know, for an away game or actually for home games, <laughs> we went to hotels as well, uh, the night before the game just to get away from campus and stuff. And, like you should see the like the spread of food that was there for us, <laughs> the sp- like like everything you can imagine. Like you feasted like a king, and you got all the clothes that you would ever need, and equipment that you would ever need. And um, you go to the CrossFit Games, and like the the first day there when you're checking in, like you go through this like line of just like, gear and equipment and stuff that you need for the week, and it's like okay, I don't actually need that much stuff, but <laughs> like this is amazing and. Yeah. It's so easy to get caught up and like, wow, this is awesome. I want this all the time. And then you start to tr- like treat different brands and stuff like that who reach out that want to partner with you and because they like who you are as a person. And you kind of like, it's hard to not all of a sudden be greedy because it's like, well, all this stuff felt so good to get. Mm-hmm. And it's like all of a sudden you start to treat people like, well, aren't you going to give me something for that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, dude, hold on a second. It's one, that's not who you are. And you know you don't operate that way. So don't even like, like settle down, dude. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you are here to serve. That is why you've been put on this earth. So like, let's just keep perspective. Like you wouldn't be here if God didn't align the stars for you to be here. Mm-hmm. So like, be thankful for what you do have because one day it could completely change and you don't know that, you know? So yeah. I don't know. It's well, and, and we were, we're saying we were talking about this in the car a lot because Caleb and I drove five hours today. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep referencing this exactly. car. <laughs> like how long is it from their house to Cole's house? Yeah. Um, five hours from Seattle <laughs> to Cole's house. Um, and so one of the things I think that, uh, gosh, I just lost my train of thought. It'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just think that, um, you know, having that mentality of, of just remembering that it's not like I was here to serve, like I am here to serve and it's not about what I can get. It's about what I can give. It's what can I give to the world? Not what I get out of the world. And, you know, I've referenced this so many times in this podcast alone, but like if I give more of myself, I truly believe that if you give all that you have, you're going to have all that you need. Mm-hmm. Like, I truly believe that. It's like if you give every ounce of who you are back to the world or into the world, like, it's going to come back tenfold, hundredfold, thousandfold, whatever it comes back as. But you can't do that. You can't inspire generosity if you're not generous yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be generous first before anyone else around you is going to even be inspired or encouraged to be generous. Like, so you have to live life a little bit more with an open hand. And I think that it's really easy to get caught up in like this concept of like dreams of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like I have these dreams and these aspirations. It's like, that's great. You're really like, you're closed fist on those dreams Mm -hmm. and you need to have an open hand because like, what if that's not where you're called? Yeah. What if that's not where your gifting is? And if you're so like tightly clenched onto this dream, you might be passing 
or giving up something that was going to pass through your life that would have been even better. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, you know, I think that's just tasting these wonderful things and remembering, like, like you still got to go back and do the work. You still got to go back and grind in the garage. You still got to go back and serve your wife. Like, hey, dude, you're not too good to do the dishes. Mm-hmm. Like, you still need to do the dishes. I don't do the dishes enough, by the way. <laughs> you know, like... Genesee, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and I think... I mean, one of the most fearful things to me is that God will bypass you. You know, like God will get his will. Mm-hmm. And and he he's gracious enough to give you the opportunity to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're holding that that other dream that's not of him, yeah, um, with such a tight grasp, I think that he can't right. Like yeah. like Moses didn't get to see the promised land because he didn't whack a rock. Yeah, you know, like yeah. pre- pretty minimal thing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he didn't whack a rock. Yeah, and so I think I don't know. Sometimes we're so just caught up in this. Um, I remember what I was going to say. It was one of the things we were talking about and something we were listening to in the car, but, um, Michael Todd was talking about the pace of grace. Mm. Um, and he was talking about how, how people have this, this pace in their mind, this idea of what pace is and they associate it with fast or slow. Mm. And he said, that's not true. What pace is, is, is what the leader is setting. And so he said, if I, if I clap my hands, you're going to follow the lead. If I say speed up, you're going to speed up. So I say slow down, you're going to slow down. Mm. All the pace is, is looking at something and chasing after at the same speed that that thing is moving. Mm. Um, and what he was saying is each season has a pace. Like yeah. the, the grace has a pace in every single season. Sometimes yeah. your pace is fast. Sometimes your sometimes your pace is slow. Maybe you need to build infrastructure. Maybe you need to do different yeah. things. Um, but one of the things that he really said that I thought was so great was that um, when you're outside of that pace, when you are holding that dream with a close fist, mm-hmm. you must sustain that. Yeah. And that's why you're drained. That's yeah. why your energy's gone. That's why you can't do all these different things and balance all these different times yeah, because you're good. outside of the pace that God has for your season in your life. That's really good. Um, and I don't know. That, that just really resonated with me because I, if I could choose my pace in every season, it's sprint. You know, <laughs> I want right. to run as fast as because, and not, maybe not because I want to, but because I want to I be crazy awesome and successful yeah. by the time I'm 30. Yeah, you know? totally. Totally. So, I don't know. Or maybe because I've seen some posts on Instagram for somebody and it's like, oh, they have that by the time they're 30. I need that by the time exactly. I'm 30. Like, ah, and that's the thing. Like, we, we live in the, the viral age, right? Yeah. So, like, a 12-year-old can post one thing on YouTube and all of a sudden has billions of Instagram followers. Yeah. And he's, like, 15 making millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. And that's that's something else that that is really resonating with me is as I'm – as I'm examining my own life and trying to get better at being in my season and cultivating faithfulness, what I'm seeing is an increased interest to observe the lives of others, mm-hmm. who people who have gotten to where I hope to get. Every one of them has a moment. Mm. And you can chalk that moment up as random chance, opportunity, coincidence. I chalk it up as God planted the seed in fertile soil. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so God will still use people that aren't Christian, right? Like, God will still use people, whether that's, we don't know his plans, we don't know how he's intricately working those different things. Um, But I don't know, I just, I know in my heart and in my life, like, I just want to be the soil that's ready when the seed comes in, Yeah. you know? And what a travesty, like, if if I was so focused on, like, looking at the oak in the the field next to me that Mm -hmm. I didn't actually plow and fertilize my own soil. Yeah. And so what God was going to do through me didn't happen. Yeah. And I think one of the coolest things, too, is that, like, 
different seeds, different trees grow in different environments, yep. right? And yep. so maybe it's not your environment. Maybe it's not your season right now to grow. Yeah. Maybe it's someone else's season. Yeah. Um, maybe it's your uh, season to just be in a dark soil and just sit there for a little bit. Because, yeah. Uh, maybe it's your day, season to die, right? Day. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like some, sometimes trees, it's cyclical pattern of dying and growing, dying yeah. and growing. Yeah. Some, like I've had seasons recently where I'm like, God, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I dying? Yeah, seriously. I felt that way today when I was working out. <laughs> like, am I dying right now? I'm not. Yeah. I think so. Exactly. I mean, I know Caleb and I have had conversations of like, why are we doing this to ourselves? You know, like, what's the point of all this? Um, what about you, Caleb? I know you've had some seasons in your life where you're really, you, you've had darkness creep in your life in certain ways. Um, how have you seen kind of God's faithfulness and all that? I mean, just hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So now looking back, I can see it was God's hand in it all. But during during the time, it was the worst thing that could have possibly ever happened. Yeah. I mean, my story just kind of quickly is, um, I didn't get into med school the first time. Um, was kind of a. Uh, a huge disappointment for me. I felt like I let my family down. I let everyone that had supported me all along the way down. Um, and I was kind of living a life of, I was following God. I was a Christian. Um, but my heart just was, was off. Um, I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, prodigal God by Tim, Timothy Keller. Mm. Um, it's a good one. If you haven't, um, he talks, about the story about the prodigal son yeah. leaving, coming home, being celebrated. Everyone knows that story. Yeah. But he takes the perspective of the older son that stayed and served his father. Yeah. Um, and the older son stayed, did everything his father wanted, um, but then the party was thrown for the mm. the kid that broke all the rules and came back. Yeah. Um, and the older son was, was mad about that. He kind of used that to paint this picture of, Christians that have been living by the rules for years and years and years, but doing it to get things from God, not yeah. to serve God. Yeah. Um, and that was totally me just, what the heck, God? I, I've been I've been following the rules. I've been listening sure. to you. Yeah. Not sitting as much as all these other people around yeah. me, just yeah. comparing myself to everyone else. Um, what the heck? Yeah. Where's my reward? You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and it took that. It took that rejection to really kind of look at my life and be like, "Oh wow, okay, yeah, um, I need a, I need a heart change. I need a life change." Um, so that time was rough, um, but it was needed. Yep. Um, and looking back now, it prepared me to be um, a better, a better guy. Now it'll make me a better doctor down the road, better friend, yep. better Christian. Um, but yeah, it was dark. Yep. Not gonna lie, there yep. was there were some dark days there where. Um, I was thinking, is, is medicine even worth pursuing? Hmm. Um, honestly, is life even worth living? There were some, there were some yeah. really dark, dark so, days. Sure. Um, but God got me through it and, and, yeah. and I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do back then. Just, it was on his timing instead of my time. One of the things I love about that story, I think it's overlooked a little bit. Um, and it's very easy to overlook, um, is they talk about the prodigal son, um, the son who went out and just wasted all, everything, talking about how he he, in, he ends up living you know living and sleeping in a pig pen. Mm-hmm. He's filthy, mm-hmm. just dirty. And how could a father throw a party for such a dirty, disrespectful son? Mm-hmm. 
But people lose sight of the one who stayed and did all the right things. Where was he found? In the fields. What are you in the fields? You're dirty. Mm-hmm. And people lose sight of both parties living different lifestyles, mm-hmm. but are both dirty. Yeah. And it's like, you, I can live and operate, and I get caught up in what you're talking about. It's like, I'm doing all the right things. Like, I'm hitting every training session. I'm doing, like, I'm, you know, like, I spend time with Genesee. I call my grandparents or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can, you know, mark the boxes on whatnot. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm also dirty. I'm also yeah. filthy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, it's, when you can re- remember that, it kind of puts everything into perspective of, like, wow, I'm just, just thankful for where I'm at right now. Yeah. Thankful for what I have, you know, and. I think at the you know at the end of the day, like, I'm I'm very grateful for this opportunity that I have, and if it's here today and gone tomorrow, thankful that I got to walk it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I got to meet some cool people and excited for the next season of life and whatever pace that looks like. Yeah, you know, so. absolutely. And I think too, like, I love it. Matt Chandler says that morality is not a currency that God mm-hmm. accepts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just so true that <laughs> I, I once heard it said that. If you want to start measuring sticks, if you want to measure your stick of righteousness to anyone's, you got to measure it to God's. Yeah. And you yeah. pale in comparison, right? Like, yeah. um, what's the old phrase? Like, no one argues about who's taller when standing at the foot of Everest, <laughs> you know? Um, right. And so, <laughs> I think, I don't know, I think that's so, that's so true. And I think what we also lose sight of, speaking of those things, like, um, often what makes things grow in a very literal sense is manure, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of times you got to get crapped on to grow, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And so sometimes, yeah. like, in a very literal, every analogy falls apart at some point, but I think that's a great analogy. Yeah. To, yeah. Like, sometimes life's just going to crap on you, and by crapping on you, that's <laughs> God, like, you're about to grow, baby. Yeah. You know, like, in yeah. your season, you're going to yeah. grow. But at the same time, right? Like, challenge and stuff, yeah. yeah, absolutely. At the same time, maybe the grass is greener because there's just a bunch of crap over there. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, seriously. So <laughs> Grass is greener where you water it, bro. Yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> So. I don't know. Man, love the conversation. Our computer's about to die. I wish we could go for like three hours. Um, <laughs> I guess we could just plug it in, but yeah. it's about bedtime anyways. But, no, guys, thank you so much for this. You know, i um very grateful for the opportunities to talk about, you know, what's what's on my heart, what we work through. Genesee and I both, you know, I think a lot of this is like, let's not lose sight of she's walking this walk with me every day. And it is a struggle, and it is a leather. We do struggle through a lot of things, and what people see and hear oftentimes that they're consuming is just highlights of our life. And you know, and um, thank you for just the opportunity of you know getting to be known, mm-hmm. you know, getting to be heard, and um, you know, just kind of the way that we see life. And um, so, appreciate the opportunity, guys. This is yeah. awesome. Where can people find you, Cole? Oh, you guys can find me, uh, you know. On, on the usual stuff, the, the old the old Graham Instagram Cole Sager thirty five, uh, YouTube Cole Sager, um, or ColeSager dot com. Um, you guys can find me and uh, thank you guys for anyone who is following along my journey. I'm very very grateful for you. Uh, any support that you have given me um, has kind of helped me along my journey um, to have the things that I have. And if it wasn't for you guys, it wouldn't be where I'm at. So thank yeah. you guys for all that you are listening and following along the journey. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Cole. Cole Sager, everyone. Make sure you give him a follow. He is an instrument of inspiration, and he will surely help you grow in your own life. 
We hope that you guys enjoyed this and that it added value to your life in some way, shape, or form. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at humbled underscore daily and check us out on our website at www.humbledaily.com where you can find more devotionals and content that'll stir your soul. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Go get yourself a bag of coffee. We love you guys so much. Thank you for everything. Music is Intersection by DJ Quads. DJ Q-U-A-D-S. Check him out on YouTube.